turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Thank you so much for being here with us today. My name is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development, and you are listening to the Church of the Week here on AM630 KSLR. As you know, we come by and uh, visit you every weekend with uh, an introduction to a church around here in the San Antonio area. And today, we're talking about a church. We're meeting a pastor that uh, is going to be brand new to our city. The name of the church is Harvest Bible Chapel. And here in studio, we have the lead pastor by the name of Josh DeConing. Josh, welcome. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here. Good to have you, man. Uh, Welcome to San Antonio. We want to welcome your church, and uh, we've got some great big news that I know you want San Antonio to know, and that is that next weekend is a big day. That's right. What is happening next weekend? Next weekend, we launch Harvest Bible Chapel San Antonio, October the 5th, and we're going to be over at Vineyard Ranch Elementary at Hebner in 1604. That's fantastic. We're super excited about it. Why? Why? Why another church? Somebody might be listening and say, okay, yeah, we've got a, a lot of churches. Why another church in San Antonio? Yeah. Well, the truth is that we're not even keeping up with the population growth in San Antonio and many other Texas cities, too. Uh, We're not planting churches even fast enough. And that's one of the reasons why we're here in San Antonio and why other church plants are coming to Texas cities, because we're here to make disciples and uh, we want to reach the city for Christ. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about the church here in a minute. Uh, give us an int- introduction to yourself. Tell me, are you a family man? Are you from San Antonio? What's going on with you? Yeah. So uh, my wife, Kara, and I have been married for 11 years, and we've got three kids. Jonathan is 10, Naomi is 8, and Benjamin is 5. And uh, they uh, <laughs> they are uh, our little disciples, disciples yeah. uh, 1, 2, and 3. And uh, we uh, they're precious to us. We've been here in the city for about... Um, Six months, and uh, it's been a beautiful place to be. I grew up in Texas, and uh, San Antonio was uh, a place that uh, we visited a lot, and now I get to live here, and right. that's a blessing. So are you a Longhorn or are you an Aggie? I am neither. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you? <laughs> Come on, you know the football with Texas, they just go hand in hand. Yes, I know. Um, actually, I went to school in San Marcos. Okay. Uh, back when it was called Southwest Texas. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. So you, you said you've been here six months. About six months. Uh, we've, uh, we moved here in February, um, and uh, it, it, we live uh, right near the, where the church is launching, and we live at Blanco in 1604. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so uh, how did this whole thing happen? I mean, did you plan when you were five years old, someday I'm going to be <laughs> the best preacher in San Antonio? Oh. Uh, how did you know that you were going to end up being a pastor? Um, well... Tell you what, anybody who knew me as a young adult would be shocked, <laughs> <laughs> shocked to uh, to know of Josh DeConing as a pastor. Yeah. Um, uh, although I grew up in a Christian home, I was solidly taught the word. I, I knew who Jesus Christ is and what he has done, but I, I rejected all of that mm. and uh, just went off to go make my own meaning, write my own story. Um, 
went off to college and uh, I say I got, I got my degree in sex, drugs, and rock and roll basically mm-hmm. and uh, just moved from that to New Orleans to take rebellion to the next level. Yeah. And um, it was actually on a trip to Amsterdam. Uh, after uh, some time out in Amsterdam, I came back to the apartment where I was staying. I just I laid down on the apartment floor and I looked up at the ceiling and I said, God, you got me. In Amsterdam? In Amsterdam. Wow. That's right. Um, I, I knew I needed grace and I knew I needed forgiveness and uh, I was ready to repent and come to Christ. And it scared the pants out of me, yeah. uh, uh, off me, because I knew what it meant to serve the Lord. Um, and I thought, well, this is going to be a thousand-mile grueling hike to um, to go from where I am to what it means to serve the Lord. But, of course, you know that it's not a thousand-mile hike. Mm-hmm. It's one step of repentance and faith. And That's then it. he walks you the rest of the way. And it's been an amazing journey. Wow. Tell us, uh, and now here in the speaking of journey, these past few months, this past year, during your, your final stage of this journey as mm-hmm. you get ready to launch your church, how do you prepare to launch a church? Oh, wow. Well, churches are planted on prayer. Um, that is the most important preparation that I do, that our team does, that my family does. Um, you know, if God is not going with us in this endeavor, we don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And so we're counting on his presence with us. That's what we want. Um, but as Paul says in First Corinthians, um, that they are, he and Apollos, right, are co-laborers with yeah. God, right? right? So it's not that we don't do work. We just count on God to be working through us. So we do a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, we, we're gathering a core group. We're dividing up into ministry teams, training those teams. There's a lot of planning, a lot of preparation that go into it. Um, and, but most importantly, a lot of prayer. I know firsthand what, what that looks like because we, we launched our church eight years ago. And um, I have found that it takes a certain type of person to be a part of a church launch. Uh <laughs> Those types of people that just love to serve, love mm-hmm. to work, love because you have to wear m- multiple hats at times, you know. Yeah. And so it, it's not. Uh, it, it's nice just to walk into a church, and it's great, in fact. But man, I, you develop a whole different culture within the church when you know that you can walk in early and you're helping with the setup, and uh, it just creates a bond. Uh, That's absolutely right. It, it creates a bond amongst people. Which what is what we want in church, right? Yeah. We want a community that loves one another, and if you don't get your hands dirty together, um, things are a little bit superficial until you really get to business with one another, um, and that even means you know sort of manual labor sometimes. Yeah. But not only the bond, but it also matures people. Um, our vision is for lost people to be saved, and also for saved people to be matured. And then those matured people to be multiplied. We want to see people investing in others. Um, It's funny. sounds like the kingdom mentality. (laughs) We hope to reflect a New Testament kingdom mentality of those three things all happening within the church. Lost people saved, saved people matured, and matured people multiplied. And we know that that kind of service, that mentality of giving, of serving one another, is one of the primary things that God uses to mature his children. Yeah. Uh, we're not just sitting and soaking. Uh, it's nice to sit and soak. We do some sitting and soaking. Yeah. Praise God to be able to soak. Right. But then we turn around and we serve. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of maturing. 
Now, do you have any type of backing from uh, maybe a spiritual leader, a spiritual father, somebody that has kind of helped you along the way? Or are you backed by an organization that is helping you to launch? Or is this just something that you're just you're doing because you're just following the call? Oh, oh gosh. I, I don't have um, that kind of self-confidence. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, uh, my wife and I were a part of a church plant in Austin, Texas, um, four years ago. Uh, we were part of the group that launched Harvest Bible Chapel Austin. Mm. Uh, we were part of that core group, just like some of the folks that are in our core group now. Um, and uh, with after that first year, came on the pastoral team there at Harvest Austin. Was uh, had hands laid on me as a as an elder there, and uh, it was that confirmation uh, from a local church that meant so much to me that they could look into the life that I was living and the, the, the family that I had and um, whether or not I had an ability to teach. I mean, that's difficult to self-assess, but to be assessed by that church and then pastor in that church and now to be sent out from that church mm-hmm. to San Antonio to plant, that's the kind of confirmation that, that I really need in my life. Uh, not only that, but we're a part of a, a national, it's actually an international church planting network called Harvest Bible Chapel or Harvest Bible Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that network has planted over 100 churches, will be the 110th church that Harvest Bible Network, the fellowship network will be planting. Wow. And uh, so to be sent to Chicago for four months of every day, all day training and to be assessed by those guys, again, I don't have the self-confidence to just <laughs> run out and say, oh, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Uh, I need that kind of confirmation in my life, and I, I'm really appreciative to have that support. That's fantastic. You've been listening to Pastor Josh DeConing. He is the uh, lead pastor over at Harvest Bible Chapel. They're getting ready to launch this coming weekend. So take note of that. Put it on your calendar. Make sure that you're out there this coming weekend. They're launching at Vineyard Ranch Elementary right off of 1604 in Hebner. Uh, the launch date exactly is October 5th. And if you need the address to the, to the, uh, to the ranch, I was going to say, to the Vineyard Ranch, it's uh, 16818. That's 16818 Hebner Road. That's uh, found on the north side of San Antonio off of uh, 1604. If uh, you've got access to Internet, you can go to harvestsa.org and find out more information there. That's harvestsa.org. All right, Josh, so give us a little bit of a, uh, I guess a tidbit, give us a little bit of a taste of what is this church going to be about uh, how is it going to operate? What's the music like? What's mm-hmm. your teaching style? Right, right. Just give us a little taste of that. Right. Well, um, our church is based around really four convictions that we feel um, uh, are New Testament convictions. And the first of them, and we call them pillars. So the first pillar is proclaiming the authority of God's word without apology. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to preach the word and nothing else. I don't have any authority in myself. It all comes from God's word. So we believe very much in expository preaching. Yep. I um, really lean on sequential exposition as the steady diet for us. Um, Topical preaching isn't wrong or immoral or fattening or anything like that. Uh, It's just that um, what I have found is that food for a congregation seems to be taking a book from the Bible, walking through it, explaining it, proclaiming it, and then moving on to the next book. Yeah. Every once in a while, you need to address a certain topic for a congregation, and that's kind of like medicine, mm-hmm. right? We're going to address this topic, um, and that's good. But a steady diet of medicine can't be healthy either. Yeah. So we, we try to preach through the books of the Bible sequentially doing uh, expositional teaching. Fantastic. 
The, the second conviction, the, the second pillar of our church, is lifting high the name of Jesus through worship. We believe in passionate worship. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, <laughs> Jesus is our life. He means everything to me. He's the Lord of all, and he's the Lord of, of our lives. And so we want to come together, and we want to lift up his name passionately in worship. Um, most of the time, that means contemporary types of music. Um, I love the hymns. I really, really do. Um, and we always want to have the opportunity to lift our affections to the maximum when we worship the Lord. Yeah. And, uh, and we do that maybe kind of loud, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely sincere. Yeah. The third pillar of Harvest Bible Chapel is that we believe firmly in the power of prayer. And we were just talking a little bit earlier about how churches are planted on prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, We have watched, and I could give you a dozen stories of God miraculously answering prayer already before our church has even launched. We come together and we pray that God would answer and we see it happen. We we don't just give lip service to the idea that, you know, prayer is important. We're believing firmly in it. If prayer is not um, central to our church, we know that we are drifting far from the power source. Right. But if our prayer is um, fervent and biblical, we believe that is the marker of success in our church. It's not the numbers. It's not the building. It's not the budget. How is your prayer life as a church? Yeah. That's success. Mm-hmm. The fourth conviction, the fourth pillar, is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with boldness. We believe in bold evangelism. Yeah. We want to open our mouths. And speak clearly, in spite of fear, what the good news of Jesus Christ is, that he died once and for all for sins, and that we can exchange our sin for his righteousness, and that that's available to people, that they can repent and in faith receive the Lord, come to a relationship with God through him. And it's as simple as that. Um, We don't want to backpedal it. We don't want to soften it. We just want to proclaim it boldly. And we know that some people will reject it, but other people will be the fish that the Lord expects us, has planned for us to catch. They're out there. They're out there. We just need to find them. Open up our mouths. Do you think we've we've gotten a little fearful, Uh, our modern-day Christian society? Do you think we've gotten a little fearful about um, sharing our faith, sharing the gospel? Well, that might be. If our modern-day Christian society is anything like me, I know that it's fearful because I'm fearful. Every time I open up my mouth to share the gospel, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of what people will think of me. I'm so glad you say that, Pastor, because there's a lot of people who think, oh, oh, pastors, yeah, it's easy for a pastor to do it. I can't do it. I'm I'm only been a Christian a year or a few months. Well, you know, if you know enough to become a Christian, you know enough to share the gospel because that's how you become a Christian is by believing the gospel. But I've been a pastor for several years, and I still am afraid every time I open my mouth to share the gospel because I'm afraid of what people will think of me. And the fact of the matter is it's a very natural human fear. But boldness is being clear despite the fear, and that's what we want. So Jesus himself came and was rejected by his own people. He came to his own. That's right. This is nothing new. Nothing new. And Paul says, to some we will be the aroma of death to death, and some will be the aroma of life to life. Well, if we're going to be the aroma of life to life, we just have to be willing to make a smell. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, we won't be the smell of anything. Yeah, yeah. Very good. So uh, tell me a little bit about what are your, what are your, some of your dreams? What do you, what do you like to, you know, you like to close your eyes and 
think a little bit and say, God, oh, it'd be nice if you did this. You know? mm. or what are some of the things you'd like to accomplish in, in your ministry? Yeah. You know, um, when I close my eyes and just uh, let myself dream, it's almost always about multiplication. Um, to imagine some of the young disciples that are in our church right now investing in others and to see their, the discipleship, the, the fruit that's being born in their life multiply in other lives. Maybe even kids I haven't even met yet. Mm-hmm. Um, young families, uh, maybe families that are struggling. And to see a man who is maybe hampered a bit in his walk with the Lord, to see that enforced by the life of a church and the scriptures, to see him really uh, stand tall in Christ and watch that transform his family, that's mm. multiplication. Yeah. Because that's going to affect those kids, and they're going to move on from there. They're going to know more about being a biblical husband and father from there. And the other kind of multiplication I like to see is church planting, right? I'm, I'm a church yeah. planter. I, have, I can't believe I'm saying it, yeah. but I'm a church planter. I <laughs> uh, never would have believed it as a kid. We want to see more churches planted. We're a church planting church. This isn't a, a, a one stop for us. We're not looking to see how tall we can build this yeah. thing. Uh, we want to gather people. We want to disciple people. And then we want to send them out, maybe even plant other churches in San Antonio, Laredo, Corpus Christi. Um, Harvest Bible Fellowship has planted uh, almost 110 churches now. will be the 110th. And I'd like to see us as Harvest San Antonio be instrumental in helping to plant other churches, maybe even in South America. Uh, I just dream about multiplication, and uh, I think that's a biblical vision. Absolutely. I think numbers count in the sense that uh, for every soul that we get, it's, it's a, a fewer numbers in hell and more numbers in heaven. That's right. <laughs> so uh, tell us, as a church planter, what um, what advice do you have for someone that has been dealing with that, maybe even wrestling with the idea? Mm. And uh, they know they're called. They know that uh, you know God has called them to do something like this. But, man, for one reason or another, they're trying to find every exit door to get out of that calling. Yeah. How would, how would you encourage that person? Well, um, I think the the first stop for a person like that would be the pastoral team at their own church now. Mm-hmm. Um, come to the pastors of your church and say, uh, I'm wrestling with this call. Um, can you affirm the marks and the qualifications of a biblical pastor elder in my life? Um, are they there? Do I look like I'm going in that direction? Uh, what do you think that, based on the character in my life, what, what do you think God has for me? Um, am I able to teach? The pastors at your existing church, um, they've been watching you. They've been assessing you, I promise you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would stop with it and check with them first. Yeah. They're... Um I think in our society, we've just gotten so busy, and I mean, maybe that's just one of the ploys of the enemy to try to get us so busy that we don't have time to pray, we don't have time to read the Word, mm. we don't have time to fellowship with other people and, mm. and get counsel from other people. And so uh, for those folks that are that are out out there that fall into that category, they don't really have fellowship with a local church. Uh. Which, by the way, this is why we do this program, is because we so do appreciate people listening to teachings, good, sound, biblical teachings on our radio station. However, we never want that to be the substitute for the local church. Right. So uh, back to my point, for those folks that uh, that might be getting uh, some word, whether it be on radio or on the Internet or on television, but they don't have that fellowship, they, 
they can't go to that person that you just talked about. Mm-hmm. They can't go to the elders. They can't go to the pastors because, quite frankly, they really don't have one. Whether right. it's because they walked away from church hurt, wounded, yeah. or something happened, they just decided, you know what, I don't need to go to the local church. I can just kind of yeah. read my Bible. Wonder, what do those guys do if they don't have that person to go to to seek that counsel? Well, I think the answer is obvious. Um, they they need to make that step. They need to make that step into a local church body. You know, uh, the, the New Testament doesn't know of a Christian that isn't plugged into a vital part of a disciple-making church. And that is part and parcel of what it means to be a Christian in the New Testament. You cannot um, cling to Christ and reject his bride. Yeah. Um, it, it's, a, uh, it's an oxymoron. So I would say take that step first. Um, did you walk away from a church hurt? That does not surprise me because churches are made up of people and people are sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, and the beautiful thing is that the gospel teaches us how to handle uh, when people hurt us. And the gospel teaches us yes, how to handle when we hurt others. Right. And that's really what a church is. It's, it's not a group of perfect people who you can always expect to treat you nicely. It's a family of sinners who've been redeemed by the grace of God. And so I think you can expect some hurts, but, but I think um, if you approach it biblically, you can expect those hurts to be forgiven and expect those hurts to be healed. How can you, have, how can you help someone wrap their mind around having church in a school <laughs> when they're used to going to a chapel with the uh, stained glass windows and the high ceilings and uh, everything that you would think of as a traditional church building? Uh, how, how can they wrap their mind around going into the school. Sure, sure. Well, all I can say is that there wasn't any stained glass in the New Testament. (laughs) There wasn't. (laughs) And the church, uh, you know, church is people. Church is a family. That's right. Uh, Church is a flock. Uh, It's really about those relationships under Christ uh, in a group of uh, people who are are submitted to one another, um, really, as Paul says, members of one another. And I know church membership is is somewhat a controversial thing, but when we think of membership in a church, we shouldn't think of like a, a, a member role in a country club or something like that. We think should think of member as in we have our body has members, parts, um, and that's what a church is. It's not a building. It's not a place where you gather. It's uh, it, although it can be um, gathered. This body can be gathered in a place. So um, in a school, in a living room. In a stained glass cathedral. Under a tree. Under a tree. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we want to honor the Lord by our gathering, but I don't think the place we gather um, is too much of his concern. Yeah. You, um, you use the body as, a, as an analogy and an illustration, and the Bible uses that, um, uh, describing who it is that we are. And, uh, you know, if something stops working on our body, if, my, if mm. my finger all of a sudden stops moving and there's no more blood flowing into it and it begins to deteriorate to Mm -hmm. the point that it's probably better according to uh, modern science to just cut it off before Mm -hmm. it gets an infection and goes up and starts to attack the rest of the hand the rest of the arm yeah yeah so with that illustration that biblical illustration uh, of the we being part of one body it's so important that we are actively involved as that member. That's right. So that we don't shrivel up and die. That's and that right. We have that fellowship with everyone around us, with our pastor, 
and that we're there to serve and we're there to, to do not only on Sunday morning in, in the setup, mm-hmm. but uh, after church is over, our service yeah. is over, so that we can go out and hit the mission field, which is our local area. And that's, that's right. true. That's right. Uh, and so I know that's part of your heart. I know that's part of what, what you guys are doing there as you talked about multiplication and discipleship. Uh, are there anything, uh, any of the things that uh, that you want to talk about before we close out today's program just to make sure that people know about you or, or the culture within the, the church that you're going to be developing? Sure. Well, you know, the culture of our church is, is it's very mission-focused. Our mission is to fulfill the great commission to the glory of God, mm-hmm. which is to make disciples. And so we're a disciple-making church. Um, and, again, to us, uh, disciple-making um, we understand it to be not just lost people saved, which is so important to us. We want to make disciples by seeing lost people saved, but also develop those disciples yeah. by seeing saved people matured and then mature people multiplied. We want to give people a platform to invest in others and make disciples in that way. So you know, the best platform for us that way is small groups. We meet together throughout each week in uh, small groups in our neighborhoods, um, the the church that planted us out, Harvest Austin, has a 95% participation rate in small groups. Wow. Because that's, that's our awesome. primary venue for, of discipleship. Yeah. We're in each other's lives. We're, we are a community with one another. Yeah. We don't just see each other on Sundays and then, hey, I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, we are members one of another. That's fantastic. Well, we as a radio station uh, here at KSLR want to invite you uh, to go out and visit Pastor Josh DeConing, don't just visit. If you don't have a home church, plant your uh, plant yourself there. Grow your roots. Become an active member of Harvest Bible Chapel. Again, the launch is next weekend, October 5th. And they're going to be meeting at Vineyard Ranch Elementary here off of uh, 1604 in Hebner. The address being 16818 Hebner Road. That's the north side of San Antonio off 1604. If you'd like more information online, you can find it at harvestsa.org. When you go up there and meet Pastor Josh, make sure you tell him, hey, I heard you on the radio at KSLR. Pastor Josh, thank you so much for being here with us. Mark, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much. Appreciate you very much, and uh, we'll be praying that everything goes well thank at, you. Uh, at Harvest Bible Chapel. Awesome. Thank God you. God bless you. Thank you. And continue listening to AM630 KSLR. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com.